0: Put your prayers up, prayers up, up Bless us with the Lord, put your prayers up Prayers up, prayers up Bless us with yeah. from the Lord,
1: put your prayers up Welcome to Prayin' and Freaking. a time to show, tell, and know how prayer changes things It's not a cliche, it's a reality with your girl Georgette, a.k.a. The preacher. All right, so we're just going to uh, have a good time. Come on in the room, sitting down with the preaker. right, you ready?
0: Yes. All
1: right, here. Are. All right, y'all. Uh, am I ready? I think I'm ready. Okay. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Praying and Preaking with your girl, Georgette, a.k.a. The Preaker. I am super excited because in the building today i have none other than my brother the 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 coach in there the, 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 the i don't know the stack man whatever you want to call him. <laughs> he got so many titles one of my sister friend husband all that good stuff but i'm in the building none other than lamar barrett who is the ceo and founder of unmasked i'm not gonna i'm gonna let him do all that because i don't i don't y'all know how i do i don't i just introduce tell them their name and let them tell the people what they want to know but before we do that i just want to go ahead and uh get into this word of prayer he all in his gear y'all wish y'all could see him he like he like unmasked down on his he unmasked down on his joint, but let me go ahead and get into this word of prayer. So then we're going to get started. And after that, you will hear none other than from Lamar Barrett of Unmasked. All right, y'all. So here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you right now. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to sit down with my, my friend, my brother, Lamar. Lord, I do not take it lightly that he has taken time out of his schedule to sit down and chit chat with me, Lord God. Lord, may something that is said today reach whoever needs to hear, Father God, even if it's just one person, Lord God. Lord, let us have a time of laughter, a time of love, Lord God, a time of getting some information out to someone who needs to hear it, Lord God, whether they are saved or unsaved, Lord God. Maybe this may be what it needs to have them to come and seek to find who you are. Lord, so we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. Lord God, I pray right now that everything that Lamar touches, Lord God, everything that he puts his hands to, Father God, that it may prosper to uh, glorify you in the kingdom, Lord God. Lord, I pray for my sister friend, his wife, Sandy, Lord God, ask that you continue to keep their marriage, Father God, Growing Father God in love, Lord God in laughter In your son Jesus name we pray Amen, 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 and amen, amen. Alright Lamar, so Welcome out my, my brother why, why don't you just tell the people Who you are, what you want them to know I mean you you can explain it better than I can So I'm going to leave it to you I sip my coffee
0: Well thank you man. I, hey, I appreciate the offer of coming on the show I, I actually watched it, I followed I was talking about it before I, I came on I, I can't wait to the end, when this the, the preacher has preached, so I I, I I love that line, it's very catchy. So, I actually love that line, but um, no, like I said, thanks again for having me on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a basketball person by heart, I've been involved with basketball since I was six years old, and and I, I use basketball to, to go to school to get an education, go to college for free. So, that's something that uh, you know, I've always um been proud of uh, having the chance. Didn't let, didn't let basketball use me. I used it. And, mm. and I uh, it's always been a passion. So it's never been my job. And then, um, you know, after, after my playing career, I finally got into coaching. And, you know, anytime you can give back to young men, um, you know, spending six years in high school. But I always knew I wanted to be in college. And, and I had a chance to coach college basketball for 16 years. And, and the reason why I always wanted to be a college coach more than a high school coach is you're, you're grooming uh, young boys or young men into men. Those are the four to five most important years in their life between 18 to 22, 23. When their first time they're out on their own, they're learning how to deal with adversity for the first time. Uh, what type of problems uh, comes up and they can you can help solve them. So you're kind of guiding them into becoming a man and what it's going to look like for the next 40 to 50 years of their life. So. That's why I think I wanted to get into college basketball. And and after 16 years, um, I decided, you know, you get to a certain age, and if you're not um, reaching the goal that you wanted to to possibly be a head coach of a program, I told, you know, I said, when I got in at 32 as a college coach, I said, by the time I'm 40, I got to be a head coach, you know, and that didn't happen. So then it was, okay, 45. And I'm at 40, I get to 40, about 46, 47 years old, and I'm like, I'm not going to be doing this at 50-some years old, chasing guys, like running around. I moved, you know, my wife Sandy throws it in my face. We've moved, you know, six six times maybe in, you know, in the 17 years that we've been together, been, almost been married. Uh, so, you know, it was kind of time for me to settle down, uh, decide on something I could do for the next 15 to 20 years of my life. Uh, fortunate to get into uh, scouting in the NBA, still dealing with basketball, so that was a that was a plus for me, and then the pandemic hit. So after one year of still doing which I'm still doing now, but um, pandemic hit and sitting around, and I've always wanted to do a podcast or a doctor series. I'm always talking basketball in some form or even just life things at all, and, uh, and and then the you know during the pandemic on all these zooms, and so that's how Unmasked came about. It was created from being on Zooms, listening to other assistant coaches' problems or issues or the things that they've gone through that people have no idea. And, Georgia, you and Michael know. Y'all been behind the scenes. Like, you come to games, but you guys have been like, yo, like, you've been there for the weekend and so like, how late I was up, staying up, mm-hmm. watching film and all of that stuff. So you've seen a lot of that, but the world doesn't know that goes on. So Unmasked mm-hmm. was, like, created for the basketball fan that. That wanted to know um, the behind the scenes activities that go on as a college coach, you know, for the young, aspiring coach who actually thinks that coaching is all about X's and O's. They don't see the you out on the road recruiting, the sacrifice you got to spend away from your family. So it was like to kind of teach those guys or educate those guys like what coaching really is. It's not the guy you see on TV with the suit, you know, the shiny suit that looks good. Or, <laughs> And, and it's also for the professional like you can take so many tidbits from um to better your career from being in athletics and you it doesn't matter what field is in you can still use things so yeah that's why i was created um and, and and i got a chance i know a ton of coaches uh so i started reaching out to friends um assistant coaches i knew who, who would want to be on it and I mean that number grew real quick, you know. Last I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: we're, we're Look, he again. yeah, we're gonna talk about that because he didn't got a head of the, he didn't got a head of all my questions. He already on how her mask came about. That yeah, wasn't. I'm gonna I'm, stop right there, but yes, that, it's
0: that's just what kind of Unmask is in the gist. <laughs> you know, we started with a we started with some guys on the Zoom asking questions. I gave them questions, and it was like I, I kind of spoke. I told how I felt. I didn't give them the generic. Um, answer. And it was like, yo, this is real fire stuff. This is what right. we need to hear. And that's how Unmasked came about.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and, and it kind of took off from there.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, see, he done went ahead of the game. See, that, that's what happened when you interview other people who, like, have podcasts and stuff and who like to talk, because then they, they just go on and kind of know what you going, where you going. Anyway, all right, so let me give you the topic First of all, because I talk, my guests know they never get the topic, and so as I was like, okay, what what can I talk to Lamar about? I mean, because I kind of know, like you said, I know you, uh, you know, for a long time. I know the behind the scenes. I know, you know, some of the the stuff that goes along with what you have been doing over, you know, your career. And so I'm like, okay, what can I talk to him about? And so I wanted to, I heard at like. For something in the morning this is what i heard my vision god's plan and i'm talking about your vision and god's plan because you kind of touched on it a little bit and you said that we we're going to talk about that because even when unmasked came about you had a different vision but god had a plan that wasn't even you know that you didn't even know with your vision and so that's the topic that's what we're going to talk about but before we even get to unmasked i just want to know like you know, how you said you grew up, he's from Franklin, Virginia, he from from down in, in, in the boonies of Virginia, I don't know, I ain't never been to Franklin, I'm not sure, so I can't even say it's the boonies, <laughs> but I mean, what or who um led you to the game, because you said you started, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, saying that you started at six, but like... What or who led you to the, to the love of the game of basketball? Cause I'm telling y'all this dude, lo- when I say this dude loves basketball, he loves basketball for real. So what or who led you to that love?
0: Um, you know what? My, my grandmother, which is interesting because we we lived in a house, um, you know, my brother and my, my aunt, um, she's the same age as I am. Um, and when we were young, my, my grandmother was the biggest sports person. Like it was wow. the dope operas and it was sports. And she talked sports all the time. So <laughs> I was a kid that grew up playing basketball, football, and baseball. I was playing all the sports. I lived in the, you know, I lived on the basketball court. Um I lived, you know, had a goal in the backyard, like all of that stuff. I I, I had all of that. And so I, I didn't know which one I wanted to do. I just was always involved in sports. It kept me active, and as I continue to grow and get better in one sport, uh, I mean, I was going to basketball camps when I was eight, nine, 10 years old. I was, you know, playing football, little league. I was like all of that, and then when I got to high school, I mean, and, and I and I can tell you this: I've had I've had motivation every, uh, along the way as well. My grandmother is the one who probably influenced with the sports. And I've had people who, oh, your attitude is not good. You not never make the high school basketball team. Oh, I changed my attitude, and then I made it. So, um, you know, it, but it was, I got to a point I to the eighth grade, I'm in middle school, and I, I, I'm playing junior varsity basketball, play junior varsity football, so in the eighth grade, and now I'm ready to go to high school, and it was, okay, what do I still continue to do all three? So, my freshman year, um, I decided. Actually, I actually moved to Hampton, Virginia, with my dad for all of the summer. I'm going to school in Hampton. I decided this is what I'm doing, and I decided I missed football to start football. And I come back, and the decision was made for me um, because the guy was like, "Well, if you want to play, you know, you're gonna be you got to do a thousand up downs. Well, I'm not doing a thousand up downs, I guess I'm not playing." <laughs> Football became over, right? So then <laughs> baseball, it was summer league. So it's basketball is summer league. I'm playing baseball, like opponent league, 13, 14 years old. I'm playing that summer. i practice all, most of the summer. It comes time for a game. And a kid who hadn't even been to practice, he shows up. And he's, now he's really good. He was better than me. So I'm thinking I'm starting. He's like, they come in. This kid starts. And it's like, okay, that decision is made. I got a summer league basketball game tonight. So I (laughs) gave up baseball, (laughs) gave up football. And you know what? You talk about God's plan. It was brought to me, this is what I'm going to do. And that's when I started, you know, like, hey, ninth grade, it was basketball only. I worked as hard as I – as much as I worked on the court, you know, playing a lot. I mean, I was always at the court, even my grandfather, you know, rest in peace now. He was like, man, all you do is think about this hoops. You know, you got, you got to do something else. And I was like, nah, this is all I'm doing. And But I worked as hard in the classroom as well because I know I needed a good grade to go to college. So that's kind of my grandmother. My grandmother was the one who probably, because of sports, did it. But then there were some other factors along the way that kind of led to how, you know, the passion that I had and how I just loved the game of basketball and what I thought it could do for me.
1: Yeah, I I love what you said. And I wrote this down. I mean, and this was good. I love what you said. And so I want to go back to this before I forget it, because it kind of leads from right what you just said. But you said, you know, I never let basketball use me. I always used it. And like, that's so profound, because a lot of the times it's the other way around. You know, we people um, get into these sports, and, and and they don't do the right thing or they don't utilize it the right way. So just speak a little bit about that because I, I like that when you said that I had to write that one down.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you don't think about it then, but, like, I, I always kind of stole this from Coach John Thompson who recently passed. Um, but he had a basketball in his office, right? And that basketball in his office, you know, it was flat. It didn't have in. And his whole thing was one day the air is going to come out of the basketball and you have to be able to do something else besides mm. just being a basketball player. So when I say that I use basketball because, you know, I'm the first one, like I, I went to college. My, my all Everyone, and we always say we're first generation in our family, myself, my aunt, my brother, but we we went to college. But my thing was, I, I, I don't think we had enough money to, pay for college you know like I I didn't think that so my my whole thing was how can I go to school for free let me Mm. use basketball to get me a free education let me use basketball to put me in position to be successful in life and so that's what I mean by and I didn't let basketball use me I didn't let it say it's going to consume my life where I'm going to go to school for four or five years and not get a degree so that's what I did I used it to get a degree uh, and, and that's what they do like you know, it's a two way. there's a two way street. Like, they're gonna use, athletics is gonna use you as much as they can, so that they can be successful. But you just have to be in turn. How do you use it to get what you want out of it? It's a two way street. So, you know, that's what I meant by it. Um, and I say that to my kids. Have always recruited. You know, don't let basketball use you. You use it to get what you want out of it. And and that's what it's kind of set up. A two way street.
1: Yeah. That's good. I mean, I think a lot of people need to <laughs> to take that attitude because, unfortunately, you know, we see what happens sometimes. People get so caught up in this, and then next thing you know, either they out, they hurt, they don't have no money, they don't have nothing to to depend on, and you know, basketball was everything. And so, like you said, while it's using you, you need to be using it, like getting that education and learning how to. Bank them coins and everything else. That kind of led me to another because this question wasn't even on my my thing, but I was writing it down as you were talking. And because I always have this conversation too with, with my husband when we're watching sports sometimes and when we're watching some of the other things that you see about players, whether it be basketball, football, whatever it is, you know, you have these people who've been in the league all these years and then they lose everything. And so why why do you think like that there's nothing in place? for uh for these you know young kids who come out early who get all this money and don't know what to do with it because that can be real like as we can see we've seen it over and over and over again and like I said this question wasn't even but I just when you said that about what you said it made me think about that because we always hear these terrible stories you know and then some people never recover from that and so why, why do you think, like, these leagues don't have something? Because I'm like, it's so easy just to put something in place to teach these people some financial literacy, but it's nothing there to do that. And so why do you think that? No, this is the thing about
0: it. I know in the NBA and I know in the NFL, like, they have, like, these rookie symposiums that they bring in, like, the ex-athletes who talk about this is what you need to do. The issue with it, and most of the sports, I and mean, you see it more in the predominantly black sports, You the, the kids come from, and I'll use a couple of people. I I don't want to use names, but a lot of the, the majority of those kids come from low-income families. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've never had anything in their life. And so I'm going to say they never had as much as they in their life. So you as a young kid, when you don't have a lot of money and someone gives you a $20 bill, you're running to the store and you're going to blow that. that. You know, they, your parents always used to say, you, that money's just burning a hole in your pocket, right? <laughs> so when you give a kid $20 million, it doesn't change anything. They still gonna go out and, you know, first thing they want to do is do they want to go buy parents a house, them a car, the parents a car, their friends. Like, they're always trying to support everyone else who, like, took care of them when they didn't have. So there are things in place. The issue is... They don't want people telling them how they can spend their money, you know. And, and, and like, I'm sure you, you used to give your daughter money, you like, you gave her some guidance on what she should do, but at the same time, like, you know, like, I mean, she's a good kid, so she might be a little different, but some kids like try to sneak around and they go buy this and buy that. But it's they do have things in place, I think it's gotten better over time. I don't think it, and 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 I like these kids who, like you said, who leave early. I think it does a kid disservice. And I've kind of talked about this with people. When you go to college and you know a kid, you're like, you're going to be out in one or two years. I think, and this is what I think colleges need to do. This is need to get better. They need to have these kids in classes that it's going to help them for the future. Like you talked about financial literacy classes. They need to be taking um, some type of management class. They need to be taking some type of, um, you know, anything in in business type classes. Um, you know, like I said, how to manage their money, uh, how to market, how they can make themselves marketable, um, mm-hmm. an accounting class, something that can help them. I think that's where it, instead of just throwing them in an easy class to help them with their GPA, they need to know things that are um, very good. And, I, and a good friend of mine who I worked with for three years and I had a chance, I've been knowing him since we were in high school in the 80s. Um, Ryan Stipp was in the league, and he said that he went to University of Virginia. Now He was valedictorian of his high school class. He went to UVA, and the one thing he said was UVA was great for him from an academic standpoint for the four years, but the best three days was when after he finished, he sat down with, you know, financial person, attorney, um, mm-hmm. someone how to manage his money, and taught him, this is what you need to do and not to do. Once you come into this money. And so I think things like that from colleges need to be in place. Uh, but the NBA has set up things down with the rookie Symposium, they break it down. This is what you do. But a lot of times now, like kids, whether you listen or not, and sometimes right. you know, some people just don't believe. They just like, nah, the money's always going to be there. Mm, and okay. What they, and what they don't understand is you play for 10, 12 years and you're making, you know, 15 to $20 million a year, you still got to figure out what to do afterwards. Because if you notice, like, you see Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, like these guys were doing TV, um, you know, things that have been analysts on TV now, they're getting second jobs because if they want to maintain that same lifestyle, because that's mm-hmm. what people forget. The 15 to $20 million is great for 10 years. But if you're done playing, you can't still live that same lifestyle not bring it in 15 to 20 million dollars a year
1: exactly. so that's
0: where people go wrong they still want to try to live the same lifestyle afterwards and you don't have that same income coming in because you you know people spend money so you can't yes. spend what you don't have even you though don't. they
1: accumulate a lot of funds they still they still have expenses yeah, unless you make that money. That's why you gotta know that financial literacy, man. You you can do that, but you gotta it's certain things that you got to do. So well, cool. Thank you for clarifying that. So I mean I, I get it. I understand. That's like, you know, we we can what it say, we can get walk the horse to the water, but we can't make him drink. So there if it. there's things in place. So all right. Well, I, I wanna know, um, like how did you know or you know that it was it was time to to hang up the coach's hat? You said a little bit happened because of was it because of the pandemic? And but like how did you know that it was time to to hang up the coach's hat and to pursue your next thing? So what what was it due to the pandemic, or was it something that was coming anyway and the pandemic was just the the catalyst to it? Or you know what how did that all come about?
0: I think when you start, um you start seeing the game change a little bit. Um, you start seeing how much younger it's getting. Um, you know how much time you continue to stay away from your family, and you, you got to remember, like, like I'm not ever, I never made a decision without my wife. You know, like I had job offers that come up, and I'm like, "What do you think?" And she would always say. Yeah, you will make your decision anyway. No, I'm not. Like, (laughs) you know, we have to make this decision. Um, I mean, and she's been on, been up to places with me to decide if I want to go somewhere or not just to see, you know, how does she like it? So I kind of got to the point was like, okay, I knew I wanted to be a head coach. I didn't see it coming but I need to figure out what I can do for the next fifteen to twenty years of my life that's going to make me happy, make her happy, um, and that's what it was about. And it was like, um, can I see myself in five, six, seven years? Like, you know, in this business, you know, I, I, I was, you know, every three years I was kind of forcing. I got a new job. I mean, it, it became a like a better job, you know. So. But the one thing about the profession, athletics in general, you got to understand that when you get hired, you can get fired. Like, you Mm. do get fired in this business. The best have gotten fired in this business. So, you have to understand that. So, when you start seeing things change and it's not best for you, then I think you have to make a decision. I know. Like, I have friends now. Like, I'm 50 years old now. So, that happened two years ago, 48. But I have friends who are coming up on that same age now, 46, 47, 48, and so they're saying, they're asking me about it, and I'm like saying, this is why I decided. But if you still have a fire that burns in you that, you know, you can still, uh, you still want to do it, then you still do it. But if it's a thing of, you know, my biggest thing is, the athletics part, it keeps you young because you do miss the, the athletes, but I don't think you once you once you realize that you cannot be on the basketball court or you are recruiting a lot, out recruiting and things like that, once you feel like realize you you don't you can miss that, then I think it, you can move on. And that's what I, I got to the point of the kids became the biggest joy. But being on the court, you know, the coaching and 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 um and, and traveling away and all of that became secondary. And once I understood that. It just made my decision a lot easier
1: yeah 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 y'all because i'm this man has moved in some places we go we're going to talk about that too in a second but i wanted to know like well you kind of already talked about how unmasked came about and and by the way congratulations on your 100 episodes of unmasked interviews and and that's awesome. Like you did a hundred episode interviews, a hundred, you did talk to a hundred coaches, a hundred episodes in a year. So that's awesome. But tell me a little bit, like, what was your, and this is the part where I'm going to laugh. Cause we, he already know. What was your vision? Like when you first, you know, when Unmasked first came to you and, and how did you even, you know, how did you get this vision? But what was your vision uh, when, when you first, Got the unmasked, you know, when unmasked came about. So
0: yeah, so like it was like I said, I was on Zooms um talking. Um, uh, I knew I wanted to do a podcast type of thing, but but you talked about the numbers and stats earlier, and so I'm big on stats and, and numbers. So I my nickname to some of the people that I talk to a lot is uh hashtag statbook. I'm also facts over fiction. Um so so you can't so when people make, when you make, when you say something, you got to be able to back it up because I'm going to back it up with stats. I'm going to back it up with facts, not just fiction. A lot of people just like taking information, you know, like they like taking information, what they hear, and then they try to use it for what they want to. But I'm going to have mm. facts every time. So I go on these Zoom calls and I'm um, listening. I actually got invited on a Zoom call and by uh, one of my mentees um, and, You know, so he was like, hey, I'm speaking on the Zoom. Would you come on and listen? Yeah, sure. So I go on, I listen. First week, nothing happens. Then I get invited back on another time by someone else to listen to someone else. And so they had like an after. Afterwards, the guy was like, yeah, I see a little bit, few more people up here than normal. Can everyone introduce themselves? So I introduced myself, you know, my Barrett, NBA scout, you know, former college coach. And there was like four or five coaches that I knew. Um, that, that were real, that I know I were real cool with. So, and it was a lot of young guys that I didn't know. So, um, the question was asked to me. It was asked by, like, so they asked a question that was related to being an assistant coach. How do you deal with this? So, when I gave that answer, I mean, I'm, you know, when you go to Zoom, you put your information in the chat. And, so, as I'm giving my answer, my phone is going off. I mean, Text messages galore. If you, if you, we need you back on this. You need to be up here more. You, you know, like I said, you spitting real fire. This is the stuff we need to hear. So I'm like, hmm, okay, but maybe this is something I like. Like, re, now instead of talking to young men, like as in players, I can educate coaches. So now I'm still doing the same thing. So that's when I came back and say, I, I you know, I said, hmm you know what, this is something I might want to do. I started getting invited to more Zooms to talk about it. And um, so I said, this is something I might want to do. So I reached out to some friends. What do you think about this idea? They said I would run with it, and there's something we need. So I started, you know, I reached out to my closest friends first. And they always say I use them as guinea pigs, the first <laughs> one that came on the show. So everybody was in, and it was like um, – I had the first first week I set up I'm setting up appointments. I, I had, you know, ten people. I was doing I said I'm gonna do two a day, five days a week. I'm not gonna let them do anything on the weekend. I mean that's their time. And before I knew it, from July, from June, I had booked 80 appointments between June first and August seventh. And that reason why I say August 7th, because my wife wouldn't allow me to speak. That's our anniversary day. And so- <laughs> Seems like you're not gonna do an interview on that day. Um, we had plans, so I had 80 interviews set up. I'm doing two a day, you know.
1: Wow. And
0: it's interesting because she started saying stuff like, "Well, I mean, I was just doing it in the basement, you know, interviewing." So she was like, "Well, you think we need, you know, do you need, what do we need?" So she decided, "Let's, you know, let's do this backdrop." Okay, we went with the backdrop. Then it was like you think we should need shirts, and this is why it comes funny because <laughs> George Jack was the one who created my design. Um, so you know, I had something at first, and she was like, "Well, you know what? You might want to change it because you don't know if you know if this could look more like this, you know, like the real unmasked, like Phantom of the Opera." So we kind of she changed it uh, with the help of her daughter, who, who gave some opinions as well. <laughs> And so I'm like, okay, um, yeah, uh, yeah, let's get five shirts. So we ended up getting five shirts. She created it. And we, I remember you coming over and was like, yeah, I, 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 I'm just doing it. Cause I like to do it. I'm not doing it. I don't see this going anywhere. And she was like, that's what I mean. This dude's stuff is going to blow up and he don't even really see it. And which was interesting. Cause I was like, yeah, yeah, it's not. And you were right. Like, you, you said this is going to be better than you think, and it took off, you know, like everyone was calling, you know, I, I was doing it on YouTube, and it was just blowing up, and all the feedback I was getting from um, search firms, uh, athletic directors, other coaches, I mean, it just became popular during the pandemic, hearing stories that that's the untold stories that that people don't talk about. I mean, it became therapeutic for some of these coaches it was like man it feel like i'm laying on the couch it feel like we're just sitting on the stoop talking they it was one-on-one just like me and you now and 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 it was like oh it's educational because it's educating these young guys so they realize how hard it is to get in this business and then it became entertaining because it was the questions i was asking was someone were entertaining and like you heard stories it was funny and so um you know, like you you saw before I did, and um you were just like no, nah, it's gonna take off bigger than what it was. I appreciate that. I, I always make sure I mention that. Um and then after it was it was interesting because when I was wearing shirts, a lot of my friends, I'm going on these Zooms, they're like, How can I get these shirts? And I'm like, What do you mean? Like, can we buy them? And I'm like, buy them? Like, really? Want to and then like it became people started buying shirts and like then it was like, you got hoodies. Yeah. I mean, then it became, you know, short sleeve. I mean, it became um, long sleeve shirts. And so the merchandise took off. but it, it kind of went like 30, 30 different countries. And it became creating a website. Like it, it, it took off bigger than I thought. And like you said, you saw it. I didn't because I was just doing it because I was more of, it was servicing guys. I was, big on trying to get the guys that I knew that didn't get a lot of love, helping them get out in a different light. And what I'm proud of more than anything is, and I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but out of the hundred some guys that have been on the show, like 25% of those guys have gotten other jobs. Some Mm. of them gotten head coaching jobs. So like, you know, like, and it felt like, they said it felt like an interview at times that, you know, it kind of prepared them. So I'm happy about that because I look at the numbers and I'm like, yo, I kind of, I mean, I didn't have, I'm not saying no majority of it, but like it put those guys in a different
1: light. And that's what I was kind of excited. Yeah, that's all. I mean, like I said, your vision, but God's plan. You know what I mean? We can, we can always have our, what we think, but God always has. Something different in store if we're just obedient and if we just do. And I mean, I don't know. I just, you know, when I told you that, I was just like, because my mom was like, oh, it's just something little, you know, we're going that's something little. And I'm like, you don't know that. Like, you don't know this thing could be definitely bigger. And so I'm excited, I'm happy, I'm glad. Like when I saw it take, I was like, Wow. I was like, this dude had no idea, (laughs) he had no idea how big, but that, but that's the way God is. Like we serve a suddenly and a wonderful God. He can take something and just boom, just like that. And so that's awesome. And then to have all of, you know, the, the guys that come on guys and women, like, it's just not, just not dudes that he is interviewing. He has women as well, women coaches. And so I just love it. And, and I'm all for that behind the scenes. Cause you know, people think that people just You know, it's just this wonderful, glamorous thing in any career. And it's not, you know, and people have to work hard, they have to do some things they don't want to do, have to make sacrifices, like you said, and spending up, you know, giving up, spending time with your family and missing holidays and like all of those things that you have to give up when you are doing, you know, Coaching and all of these type things, you know, That's like when I was a police officer. It's like you know, you you miss all of these things that you give up, and it's it's a lot of sacrifices that you have to make. And so, yes, so and, and that kind of leads me to the, so of all of because I believe you were at like six different universities, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, was something, the six- like that.
0: It's something like that. Um, okay, Central Connecticut. That was my first job, and it's it's funny that like my wife, Sand and I were dating, started dating and a year later I mean, I kept saying I'm not gonna teach him. I, I told her I was going to college, right? And she was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Central Connecticut. And so we weren't we were engaged, but um at the time and you know, so she didn't go with me the first year. You know that wasn't gonna happen. You you know that you know that was gonna happen. <laughs> with a mother and aunt. So um at the time. But no, I was at Central Connecticut and then a couple of years, and I I didn't have to move. I, I was at New Haven for all of nine months, so didn't have to move. Uh, then I went to New Jersey. And we were I was running the hoop group uh, for a couple of years in New Jersey. Um, uh, it was exposure camp, so that was that was huge for my career. And then we had, then I had a chance to go to Brown, uh, you know, to up to Rhode Island, uh, to Providence, Rhode Island, where to me I was excited because a guy who. Like you say, you come from a small town. Um, I went to a predominantly, I went to HBCU. I mean, I'm working in the Ivy League at Brown University. So, you know, like that, that—that was a you know step. So I'm in Rhode Island to back to D.C. at American. You know, it was great that um, Sandy had a chance to come home. We were here for three years, um, so that was that was a bonus. You know, she get to come back and she's with her friends. And then we, then I get a chance to go home. I go to Old Dominion at Norfolk uh for 3 years and then um I'm in New York we go to Long Island for 3 years um and so you know and after that time like now was like okay we've done all this let's you know let's make a decision like we knew you know we had made a uh, a decision and 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 uh to come back here where we love I mean um uh, you know I've always said I was a little like, from when I was a young kid my mom uh, lived in DC to you know up to the fifth or sixth grade with me and and so like this is why I always wanted to be. So saying this from here. You know she's she's a Maryland girl so that that's this is where we came back and it was it was a plus. So yeah we we moved. Uh, we don't regret any of those. Like I I loved it. Um you know we got a chance to see places that we probably would have never seen. Uh you know, basketball has taken me a lot of places as well. Um, and, uh, and it's interesting because you and Michael, I don't think I don't think there's one place that you guys never came. You know, like you were our biggest supporter when we we're, were in Connecticut. <laughs> Bro, it didn't matter. Like you, like oh y'all got a game? Oh for the weekend? Okay, we are coming. And yes. you know, that was huge because that was huge for Sandy. You know, like um, you know, like having friends from home coming. So like that was something we always appreciated from you guys, and we could count on it. Like. We didn't
1: even have to ask, you know,
0: like, hey, you know, y'all were like, oh, we coming up on weekend. <laughs> What's the best game
1: to come to? So, you know. exactly. Well, y'all know I love to travel, so I'm always down for that. So, so in in, in saying that, with all of the places that you've been, like, what are are some of whether it's one or a few, like, what are some of the greatest lessons or experience you gained from? being in those different locations, whether it be personal or professional, like what are some of the the greatest lessons or experience you got from all of that? I can say this, me going back home,
0: me going back home, like I loved here. This is my second home. I always call DC home as well, the DMV, but having a chance to go home. And I like, since before I went back in 2013, like I didn't get to I didn't get to spend time Thanksgiving since probably 1988 with my family, mm. right? So, um, so that was kind of huge having them be able to come to all to every game. Like it was like me being in college again, where my mom was at every and high, school, high school and college game. It didn't matter; she was at every home game. We we're at Old Dominion. Um, I it was I had to have at least twenty to twenty five tickets minimum for every home game because it was family members or friends always yeah. wanted to come. You know, we were good. So it's like, oh, it's a night out, come to the game. Uh, it, it was important. That was an important time, like just having family and friends. And, like, we would have events. And you notice, know like, we never hosted things at our house. But we would have, like, oh, we're having such and such at the house. And it's like, 40 people in that house, you know, whether it's a cookout or whether it was, because we didn't, we didn't get a chance to go places for a long time, you know, or it might be um, whether it was Christmas time or whatever. Like, when we first, when I first got the job at Old Dominion, and I, and, I, and I go back to it, my aunt called me. She didn't even say congratulations on, like, coming back home. She was like, we know what Christmas dinner is this year. <laughs> and so, because we we never hosted it, you know, we were always right. Like, hey, so I, my house became the 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 house where everyone showed up, and so like I said, having thirty five to forty family members and friends over the house, you know, several times a year was huge. And having them at games, like the support that that was huge to me. Um, now I would say that you know from a from a personal standpoint, basketball standpoint, and then you know it was easier for Sandy's mom, and she had family on her dad's side. Was you know. Right there in Virginia Beach, so uh, grand grandmother wasn't too far, Her family, and then wasn't far. So that, that I think that was kind of the, the the biggest and best time that we had out of all the trips, just having the chance to enjoy family and friends more.
1: hmm Yeah, I know. I know. We came to a couple of them games down there. I don't even remember how many uh, we came to at OD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, we came to quite a few. So <clears throat> what what words of wisdom uh, can you give other, you know, young men who are looking to pursue coaching or either scouting which you're doing now? Like what words of wisdom can you give them?
0: I always say be patient. Like stay, like keep your focus ahead, right? Everyone wants to look at what this guy's doing and what that guy's doing. Stay in your lane is what I'm going to say stay in your lane and just run your race. Don't worry about trying to run everybody else's race um, because it's too many people that do that. They they see, you know, just like in real life, like you you worry about how much per money that person is making or how much, um, you know, how, how good of a job they have instead of worrying about yourself. Run your own race. Like you said, God has a plan for you. Like, so that's what I say to these young individuals. Like, don't worry about, like, You know, don't ask why this guy got a job and why I don't have a job. Like, well, why I can't move and this guy move. I don't understand. it. So I would say stay in your lane, run your own race, and, and be patient.
1: Yeah that's it because your vision is probably not God's plan okay so <laughs> I love that I see I love that <laughs> I exactly love that. that's for all of us I mean like that's for me too but you know it's it's so true like you know we just don't know what we just can do the best that we can do building and, and using what he sends us along the way as the people who are like our building stones and and they're there to assist us and things like that so <clears throat> that's cool. That's good words of wisdom. I hope y'all uh taking some notes for y'all. Uh. <laughs> okay. If there was one coaching position that you could have stayed at longer, um, which one would it be and why?
0: Um, I, I probably would have said Old Dominion. And I still would say Old Dominion because um, that was something that, that was probably the one job that I walked into that we actually started from the bottom. Mm. Um, because we had taken over a program. Now, Old Dominion had been tremendously it was successful for a long time. But the year that we came in, the previous year, that program had won five games. Now, two years before that, they were in the NCAA tournament. But they had won five games, issues that went on in the program. Coaching got fired. I mean, that's the one reason we were there. Coach got fired. So to see us go from five wins, to 18 wins in year one, and then go to 18 wins to 20-plus wins, a top 25. We're in the top 25. Uh, we uh, you know, we didn't make the NCAA tournament. It was a one-bid lead. We thought we should have been in. But we ended up being the number one overall seed in the NIT. Uh, we made it in Madison Square Garden and lost in the semifinals at Stanford. We actually, ended up being the eventual champion, and then in year three, we ended up making the conference championship game. We led for a majority of the game, and we lost in the last minute. And so that was probably in, so. I ended up winning Hollywood. Um but that's something I probably would have wanted to see through because in the next couple of years, and that the last group uh, they ended up winning. A um, couple of kids I recruited uh, that was on the 2000, I want to say 19, 18 or 19 team um, ended up going to the NCAA tournament. So to see it build, to see where it went, I would have probably wanted to stay there because you know, like the one thing I got, I got calls from people there was like, "Hey, we don't get here unless you, you know, kind of started and helped with the foundation." And so that was that was kind of huge. I would have probably wanted to see that one through more. Just because I knew where we started uh, when we got there to where it ended up getting to. Yeah,
1: that's good. That's good. All right. Well, I asked all my guests this question, so I want to know what does prayer mean to you?
0: I mean, prayer to me means everything. Like you, I, I think you have to, you know, that's several times a day when you're up in the morning, when you, you know. Or whether it's you know, before going to bed or um, I mean, just a little small thing. I mean, praying over your food. Like, you have to have that in your life. I think you, if you, well, and it's not always you're asking God for things. You know, you, you're, you're thanking him for things as well. Um, and, you're th- and, and you're also, you, you're you not, it's not always self-serving. Like, you're also asking for others. So it's still um, servicing others is what you, you're doing and you're asking God to do. So i think prayer to me is 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 a must it's important like it's it's daily like that's like just like you drinking water or you're eating food like you have to have that in order for you to grow uh in your life and anything that you um you know anything that you need or want in this life it may not come when you like you pray in that moment but you know it's gonna come like god is gonna god is gonna um look out for you
1: yes what's that he's an on-time guy may not come when you want him but he's always right on time i know some but yeah because we impatient that's why we as people are some of the most impatient (laughs) and god just be like okay well whatever It, it, it i i come and show up when i want to so there you go you're right exactly exactly All right, well look, y'all know that we always do a little bit of Bible trivia as well. So I'm have the Bible trivia question for Lamar. Let's see. Whoa. Hey, did I catch
0: that part of the show?
1: This is always the funniest part because people be like, "Uh, I can't hear you no more. I'm disconnected. We've lost connection."
0: It's usually, like you know, usually it's like you ask me that question if I was on the Zoom or something, right? I can just go off and Google it, right? Can even do that right now?
1: I, I, I might go over on, on this. Right? I got you an easy one. Trust me, you are gonna get it. It's an easy one. Everybody lately been getting it right. I got you an easy one. Okay, so what is the first commandment? Okay, thou not, isn't it I I'm gonna give you, I'm oh. gonna give you some see it's multiple choice. Hold on, let okay. me see you okay. I'm gonna give you multiple choice. What is the first commandment? Love thy neighbor. D mm, is do not murder. C is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the third, I mean, the fourth one is do not covet. Okay, let me read them again. Yeah, I'm A, read A is love thy neighbor. And it's more to that. Love thy neighbor as you love thy guy himself. But I just abbreviate it. So love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Then do not murder is B. C is love God with all your heart mind soul and strength and then D is do not covet what you think the answer is the first and greatest the first and greatest commandment see I'm on it's interesting you say
0: that because I gotta figure out which version I always thought it was um I am the I am the Lord thy God so am might is that I'm just trying to figure out I always
1: thought it was that. Guy. Am I wrong on that? <laughs> I, am I wrong? Maybe... Okay, well, what, what do you think goes along most with that? So with the answers that was given, what do you think goes along the most with that? Oh, man. you uh... got multiple choice. Love thy neighbor as you love thyself or yourself. Do not murder. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength or do not covet. Just take a guess.
0: I would say C, but
1: Is that your final answer?
0: Yeah.
1: And that's correct. That is right. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah. That is the first commandment that we are to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second commandment is love thy neighbor as you love yourself. Gotcha, okay. Right. don't answer what the third one is because I don't know. But I just know that those are the first two right now. But I do know that all of them that I read are commandments because we are not to murder and we are not to covet as much. correct. I, I, I do I do that too. I was I was
0: like, You're not and I I think that's not that's number
1: six, I think. I'm not sure, but I think it's six. I ain't even gonna set myself up like that because I don't know. And if I and I'll be the first to admit it, if I don't know it, I know it's in there, but I don't know the order of it. Hello, I don't know the order. So, well, all right, Lamar, I thank you, thank you, thank you for sitting down with me, chit chatting. This was awesome, this was amazing. Before we go, a couple things I always tell everyone please let everyone know how they can contact you, how they can find you, how they can purchase your merchandise, like how they can follow you, like all of that stuff, what you got coming up next. And then the last thing I want you to give is just some, whatever final thoughts, words of wisdom, whatever it is that you want to share with the audience. So let the people know how they can find you, how they can follow you, because you guys definitely want to check out his, his show It's awesome. Like he said, it's educational, it's funny it's everything wrapped up in one. You get to learn a little bit about sports as well, the behind the scenes. And, you know, it, it's not like you said, just men out there with suits on and all of that. There's some other things that they have to deal with as well. And so let people know how they can find you and support you and all of that.
0: Well, I mean, I gonna say, you know, thank you. Cause you were one of the first, I brought you on as an entrepreneur, just so many trades. So, and I'm even into that now I've done uh, also, former students at Oxford Hill that I taught. And, um, one, one lady has five Emmy awards. I just, uh, interviewed a guy who has his own photography company company. So, uh, he shoots all the celebrities now, but you can find me I'm on my social media. Uh, you know, uh, C-R-W-L-J-B. I know that's one of my handles on Twitter. I have an unmasked L J B on Twitter. I think I'm coach barrett on Instagram. Um, I'm also unmasked L J B on Instagram. Um, you know, of course, on Facebook. Uh, but my website, um, UnmaskedLJB.com, that's where you can actually see uh, interviews as well. Uh, merchandise is on the website. Um, and on my own YouTube channel, it's Unmasked, the Untold Stories of College Basketball. Um, is another site where I know um, I, I use it every Monday and Thursday. Um, they come out. Um, I try to put out two shows a week on Monday and Thursday. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's my social media sites. And, um, you know, I'm dealing with the NBA Combine now. That's th- this week. Um, and then uh, so I'm, I'm getting the NBA draft, which is July 29th. Um, so, you know, bringing in 100 kids into, uh, to, to, to evaluate. And then I'll be out this summer um, evaluating kids as well in July and uh, also in the NBA Summer League in August, out in Vegas. So I'll have a busy summer. Um, that's I'll what's up. <laughs> yeah, I'll be out. Uh, you know, there'll be a chance, in, like I said, in July and in, and in, uh, down in Augusta, South Carolina, um, and and also in Vegas. So it'll be busy for the for the next few weeks. I know that.
1: Yeah, that's the see. That's the other things people don't realize. You know, they think this stuff is glamorous, but it's work. Like <laughs> it's work, and 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 when you like.
0: People are like, oh, you get to go to NBA Summer League. Well, I'm in the gym from, you know, like we went, to, we went two years ago. It wasn't last summer. So, uh, Sandy went out to Vegas with me. And, and it was a former player of mine that also got drafted. He was playing in the Summer League. So, Sandy went to one game. But I was in the gym from 11 a.m. every day to, like, midnight. So, the only time I really saw Sandy was, we had breakfast in the morning before I left to go to the gym. <laughs> or oh, I saw a late-night dinner because we were – I was always in the gym. And I want to say I was out there for eight, seven, eight days, something like that. And and so, like, you know, we – and that that's – you don't – you're working. You, you
1: don't get just, you know, free time. That that doesn't happen. <laughs> yes. I'll sit here, thank you. I'm going to have to do an interview with Sandy. And, and, and so now that we can get <laughs> – Sandy, come on in here. So you gotta get the other side of this because guess what, y'all? I mean, I was just sitting here thinking that, like, like, you know, we hearing it from Lamar's side, but now how how does that really play into you know the significant other that she is? She's gonna give
0: you the real. So like, you know.
1: <laughs> so I might have to do a follow-up with uh, with Sandy on, you know, what it's like to be married to. Someone who is, you know, dealing with it because that's a lot. That's a right. lot, lot, you know. And it takes a special kind of relationship, a special kind of person that can really be able to handle that. You know, that somebody's gone all the time. Like mm. that could put a strain, you know. Oh on yeah. Any, I'm fortunate because she always
0: say I'm the only child, so <laughs> he would be like, I'm okay and I tell you what, she was. I always say she's a trooper. I, um, you know, probably first year was the toughest because she first time she had really been away from um, her her family, um, especially mm-hmm. out, that's first time she had been out of the state of Maryland. You know, so you like listen to her her stories. First year was the toughest, but then she adjusted to it, and and uh, I mean, I always said she was she was brave. I don't I don't make a decision like I said. I don't make a decision without her. She'll say that's not true, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not ever making a decision without her um, from a work standpoint. I mean, it's just, right. work, you know, yeah. well, work, um, business, you know, life, it's just what it is. And I think, you know, we, we always we coming up on 17 years and um, I remember your husband and, uh, and we always joke about it. <laughs> a few of us, it was like, you sure you want to do this? And I, I, hey, best decision I've ever made. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I remember that back in, I think it was New Year's Eve.
1: Yes, we used to oh. always have the New Year's Day party at my house, and those bama's going to sit up here. Lamar, so sidebar, y'all. I know we. So Lamar comes over. It's his first time. We we meeting Lamar for the first time, and so. All the rest of us, we already married, and so the dudes take Lamar to the side and like you sure you want to marry her? Like this these chicks are crazy. I'm like, really? I'm like, really? But guess yeah, yeah, that's what they that's what they was doing. But y'all still together and yes, and still, still hanging in there.
0: And Absolutely. We, and when we do all get together, it's still fun and like we've had trips, so yes. That's it's, it's, it's all love. That's trust me. We go, uh, we go on for days about that
1: trust me it's, it's, exactly we ain't gonna tell all our good secrets so I'm gonna go cut that off right now but anyway so tell the people what you want to leave them with I'm serious though but I might have to I might have to sit down and chit chat with Sandy and be like ooh the un look the unmasked stories of the wives how about oh, yeah, that's, that that's something we're supposed to do I'm
0: supposed to do that as well so um but now it would be good to to sit down with her um yeah but, but what I, I would say is i first uh, again, I appreciate you having me on being able to tell um you know tell my story or um and, and I, I love the questions they were entertaining um had me thinking a little bit and so I appreciate that um like I said um all a family all family and all and I always say this like you know, you got chase chase your dream. Like, everybody, you know, we always, um, I would always, I would say chase your dream. That is the, you know, don't ever let anyone tell you what you can't do. I think a lot of times that's how, um, you know, kids' dreams get crushed when people mm. tell them they can't do this or they can't do that. Um, and, and like I said, I used it, like, my grandfather didn't mean the harm. But he was like, yo, you got to do something besides basketball. And, I, and I, I said that. Or, you know, my teacher when I was in the ninth grade, you know, she told me, oh, you, if, you, if all you think about is basketball, you're going to be a garbage man. But I use that as motivation. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't use that as a, of, of saying, man, I'm going to give this up. Or, no, I remember using that. And the day that I graduated from college, you know, that was the one thing my wife always said. You always tell that story. Like, that day it was like my mom said, remember, I had forgotten about it she was like you remember when she said this and and, and but i use that as motivation like and I, I look now and i'm like um years later i am still involved with basketball so you know that's something i'm i'm proud of um but you know that's just the way it is you got to use things as motivation when people tell you you can't do stuff
1: so. absolutely that's so true that's so true I mean, I, I I think we all I I don't know if um if everybody experienced that. I don't know if it's I mean I can only speak from a black woman's perspective, so I don't know because I'm not. But uh, I was told the same thing, like in high school, you know, oh you'll never travel, you'll never see the world, like all. And I'm like, what? I mean, aren't you supposed to be an encourager? <laughs> like you're my teacher like you're supposed to be the person that says hey you can do whatever you want to do and so i definitely understand that i was told that and that has always been at the back of my mind and i think that's probably why i love to travel so much to this day and i have been to so many places that i can i mean i've been a lot of places and so that may be the motivation. Like we don't under we don't realize that until you know those things come back up, all of those triggers and things that we're that we're keeping deep down inside, but things that people tell us. And so I love that. I appreciate that you said that. And for my English teacher, Mr. Tedesco, I don't know if you're still alive. Yes, I'm gonna call your name out. That's the one who said it. I have been more places than I could even think or imagine. So I, I thank you, sir, for saying that to me when I was in uh, in high school. So that yeah, was I don't the give book. out the name, but I
0: actually, <laughs> told, I actually told the daughters of the teacher, "Thank your mom for me." That's all I said. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not, it's not. I said the name. I'm going to say his name and I don't know. I'm. As a matter of fact, when we get done, I'm going to Google and see if he's still alive. So maybe I need to reach out and let him know what I, all the things that I've done. That would be interesting. <laughs> all right, let me get off here. I'm about, to, <laughs> I'm about to give myself, but that's real talk, though. But that's real talk. I'm glad you did that, too. But I'm going to look him up. I am. I'm going to look him up and see if he's still around. So. But I, right, Lamar, I thank you, thank you, thank you For sitting down, talking with me Your girl, Georgette, a.k.a. The Preaker, and I'm gonna say The Preaker has preaked, Lamar said That's he love when I say that And I am out, y'all, I'll catch y'all On the next episode, y'all know what else I also say, deuces Thank y'all for tuning in Take care, and God bless, bye Lord, get
0: up Lord, put your prayers up, prayers up, prayers up.